Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of What's Your Why? As you know, we launch a new episode every month, and we're continuing to connect with inspirational, motivational people to hear about their life stories. We use those stories to tap into our own thoughts and feelings for personal and professional success and growth. Our goal is to share these with you, our listeners, in an effort and hope that you might do the same. In life, I have a motto, well, a couple of them, but one in particular. It's not mine, but one I am to live by, and I'm sure you've all heard it before and are no stranger to the saying, live your life by design, or what I used to share with one of my stepsons, be the maker of your own destiny. But have you ever truly lent yourself to analyze that saying and or have met anybody that's actually doing it? In a quick background story, Heather and I had the opportunity to discover a young lady that has been doing just that, building her life and designing her destiny to align with her success story. In 2017, she founded the equestrian apparel company called TKEQ The Shop, now a leader in the equestrian athletics industry at the ripe old age of 17. Kaylin Kennedy launched her business as the owner and creative director and is the epitome of class, charisma, charm, creativity, and confidence with a touch of humility and grace on the side. I really enjoyed meeting Kaylin and learning her story, and I'd be remiss if I didn't encourage you to do the same. So for your listening and learning pleasure, I introduce you to Kaylin Kennedy, the equestrian athlete with big dreams, big ideas, and a very big future. Because I find that you learn more, you gain more in your failures than your immediate successes. I'm just going to launch into it by asking you, just tell me a little bit about your business and how it came to be, really. So my business is called TKEQ The Shop, also known as TKX The Shop. We allow both pronunciations, whatever, whatever fits the buyer better. I launched it when I was 17. Uh, I felt as if there was sort of a gap in the market. I think a lot of women riders can relate to the fact that if your family member knows that you ride, for example, mm-hmm. and it's Christmas time, sometimes they buy you something that either is donated mm-hmm. or in the back of your closet forever because it's horrendous. Right? We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> So I wanted to make something cute, something graphic, something to celebrate being a horse girl and being an equestrian that wasn't going to be stuck in the back of your closet. It wasn't going to be cringy. It was going to be fashionable and modern because that's what, you know, teenagers are, whether we like, like to say it or not. So that was the whole goal from the beginning is making something fun and modern that is sophisticated. Because a lot of the riders that I know that are 15, 16, 17 mm-hmm. are, you know, like mini adults. That seems like a really forward thought process at such a young age. Was there a pivotal moment or was there a thing? Was the, is there sort of a story behind that where you went, mm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because there's a reason behind it? 
been, or I've always been told that I'm very mature for my age and like forward thinking, Mm -hmm. that I've always wanted to seem a little bit older or more sophisticated, more mature than I am. So even when I was 15, 16, I wanted to dress and present myself as if I was closer to my 20s. Right. So I think with that being said, that's where I didn't want to have, you know, I heart horses on my shirt. I wanted to have something more, yeah, I mean, really modern, a clean design, some play on words. Like uh, one of the original shirts that I launched was Ringleader. You know, in mm-hmm. in an everyday conversation, Ringleader, you know, someone that gets something going, someone that's in control of the narrative, and then you put it with breaches and, oh, you're the ringleader. I like it. So yeah, that's sort clever. Of, exactly. The little bit of the brainchild that I had when I was 17 and first starting to get my feet wet with the direction of the company. So tell me a little bit about, uh, number one, that's amazing. I really love that. But tell me a little bit about what that process is like, deciding to get your feet wet and then what? I mean, I'm assuming at 17, you didn't have a lot of, um, maybe you had a lot of guidance, but you didn't have a lot of know-how in how you get this sort of launched. Exactly. And really, I mean, to be fully transparent, when I did start talking about the idea, I was trying to decide what I wanted to go directional wise in university. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I wanted to go into commerce, but I was deciding between accounting and marketing. I fell in love with accounting, with, which now looking back on it, I was a crazy 17 year old back then. I don't know how that was. I'm thinking <laughs> accounting happened. and marketing. I'm not sure. Does anybody think that that goes hand in hand? <laughs> Apparently back in my wild days, I, I thought they were comparable. Right. But my mom had told me because at the time I was living in a different province, riding, you know, finishing my junior career. Mm-hmm. My mom said to me, you know, I think that I don't think accounting's for you. Try marketing, you know, start a little t-shirt company. You already feel like there's a gap here. And worst case scenario, it's great on a university application. It's fun. And, you know, maybe I'll make $100 a summer and it will be great. Little did she know. Little did she know. She was ready for the end of it. Seriously. But that's how it started. And it really stuck, which was nice. But during this time, of course, being in high school, there was definitely the negative connotations of being a horse girl. Mm-hmm. So there was also that side of me that I was sort of taking the, I don't want to say being bullied for being a horse girl because I don't think it ever is malicious. It's almost lack of education, wouldn't you say? I think that that is an excellent way to describe that lack of education. And, uh, you know, it's an easy line to throw out when you know someone is involved in horses. Yeah. But I don't think people really understand the impact of it. And uh, just as I touched on, I went to a uh, high school for high performance athletes. And because of that, you know, I did the physical testing to, to get in. I could run, jump, lift as much weight as anybody else. But because I was a horse girl, that was, you know, diluted. It wasn't as impressive because yeah. I was a horse girl. Right. I took that dent in my confidence and it sort of fueled my fire with the business mm-hmm. that I want when you wear my designs to feel confident. Like, yeah, you're a horse girl. You're an equestrian athlete, actually. And you should take that and wear it proud. You know, shoulders back, head up high. That's exactly how you should feel. And it's amazing because that's the way the business has made me feel once sort of 
not wanting to say my sport, feeling a little bit embarrassed about it because I knew what was coming, the horse girl comment. Yeah. To being, yeah, I'm a proud equestrian athlete. I make clothes for equestrian athletes. Yeah, good for you. What a great way to make something positive out of something that could be considered negative for a young person at that time. So you really feel like that negative behavior of, say, your co-students fueled the fire in your confidence to start your biz and gain some traction there? Completely, right? And I, you know, even to this day, have some fellow high school friends that reach out to me and just say, you know, your business is so impressive. Right? How cool to be part of the equestrian market. That, I was like, are you sure you don't mean horse girl market? Now it's an equestrian market. No problem. It's amazing how the language changes, right? It seriously does. It seriously yeah. does. Yeah. So I actually did a little bit of reading before we got together. And I noticed on your website that it says that your journey on the A circuit, obviously the A circuit being one of the higher echelons of the sport, that your journey on the A circuit and the characters that you've met have helped you shape your business. Tell me a little bit about that. Of course. Well, I mean, mainly that was when I first started with all my graphic t-shirts. When TKEQ first launched, it was solely graphic t-shirts, graphic sweatshirts. Mm -hmm. At that time, I could have never imagined sweaters, athletic wear, you know, such like now full range collection. It, It was definitely not comprehensible back then. But with the graphics, as I was sort of saying with ringleader, sort of play on words, uh, we did a shirt called Good X, Bad Attitude, mm-hmm. which did get some, you know, some weird looks, some praise. But what had sort of inspired that shirt is at the time, since I was still uh, in my junior career of riding, I was doing equitation and I had leased a horse. And, uh, it was not disclosed to me that he did not like to do flat phases. Oh. And a, Big part of equitation is a flat phase, the yeah. ride off, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So ride a great first round, go into the flat phase. And as soon as the announcer says just to pick up the nice posting trot, we are squealing and walking and spinning. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> well, I can laugh about it now. Luckily, I made it out yeah. of the ring on the horse. Mm-hmm. But it just, he, and that's just how he was. That was his character. And now looking back on it, hilarious. At the time, my mother was mortified. Wow. But that, and that's sort of how it was inspired, you know, good act, i.e. myself, bad attitude, i.e. the horse. Absolutely. It is like that. I think that's one reason why people love the horse industry so much is there, of course, are interesting characters in terms of people, you know, mm-hmm. trainers, other riders. We, we've all sat ringside and sort of uh, listened in on some crazy comments or crazy coaching methods, but also the horses, they all have different personalities. And I think that's what makes it so fun because it's it's unlike any other sport, right? Mm -hmm. No one, first of all, has animals, but animals with this much personality. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's, it's just so cool. For sure. Do you still find the time to ride? I'm working on it. it. It's one of those things. And unfortunately with the last year, you know, with the pandemic starting, it's been tough. And as I'm sure you guys can relate with being in Canada, it's been extremely touch and go. Yeah. Especially in a country that already has sporadic horse shows and a six month show season, Mm -hmm. give or take, give or take. Uh, It's very hard to make the full time commitment to a horse 
with the potential to, oh, maybe we'll step in a show ring this year. For sure. Maybe we'll we'll do this. You know, it just hasn't been the right fit. But I was actually getting into riding when the pandemic happened. I was down in California mm-hmm. trying horses, showing, and then of course borders shut and yeah, you know, the world as we see it today, it's just uh, it's been a little bit crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever uh, had an experience maybe at a show or even not at a show that challenged you to question your confidence or question your business and the decisions that you've made and how it's grown? Of course. I think that that is a very big question. You know, when people look at the company today and see the success and see the, you know, the big figures, the, the followers, the stores the quantity of items that we ship, like uh, that sort of stuff, it seems like, wow, it was easy. It was fluid to get here. But it took me a long time to actually find my niche. Even though I knew something was missing in the market, t-shirts and sweatshirts are great, but it wasn't as big as it like needed to be to be number one, a full-time job, to look after itself as a company. And I've tried collections, which some people remember, some people don't, that have flopped, mm-hmm. that have taken all the excitement of having a business and been like, maybe this isn't what I'm doing. Maybe this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, you know, had a family member ask me, is it really worth it? Mm. Which was a tough conversation to have. Yeah. And it was definitely a shock. As well, because I felt at that moment that maybe my family doesn't believe in me. They see me as, you know, one of those people that's trying to make something work and it's failing and it's failing and it's failing. Was my company doing that? No, but I hadn't found my, you know, the the right key for the law. Right. The stride. Exactly. I haven't found my stride yet. And I think one part that people sort of forget because shows like, for example, Shark Tank, Dragon's Den are so popular. Mm People think that if you're not instantly, you know, a millionaire overnight with your small business, that it's really worth it, Right. which I think that's challenging to say to someone. And that is really a moment that struck my confidence. Mm-hmm. And I remember after leaving that family brunch, I talked to my mom and I was like, I don't know if it, is, if it really is worth it. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. So we all know you it know? wasn't her mom that said it. <laughs> Oh, of course it wasn't my mom. Oh, no, no, no. We are both business women, but right? our family will Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, was, it, it was hard. I don't think that my family member, we'll leave her at that, was yep. meaning to be judgmental or meaning to have that sort of effect on me. But it really, like even to this day, still has some weight on me. Mm-hmm. But I do think, and again, sort of repeating what I said earlier, it is because people see these businesses doing, you know, overnight a million dollars, instantly, you know, six, seven, eight figures. And that is one company. There are hundreds of thousands of others that, you know, slowly go up the gradient, that plateau, that don't pull out, that are revisited. And I feel like that's where people ask me, you know, questions like, oh, well, how much money are you making? Oh, how how much are you selling? Have you sold your first thing yet? They don't understand that, yes, we've sold things and yes, it is a full company, but it's not a multi-million, billion dollar business at this point. 
Well, in case in point two, everybody measures success differently. Everybody's level of success is measured in a different way. And if that's making a million dollars, that's what makes you successful, then absolutely, that's your way of measuring it. But I think everybody has a different way to look at that. And they think, I can just be a small business and I can stay this and I can stay that and I can help women and I can be confident. And that might be a different measure of success. You know, and it also goes full circle. Words matter. You know, because I'm sure when your family member said that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it might have made you feel a little bit like you were back in high school again when people were taking away the the importance of being an equestrian athlete. Yeah, I think that even though she meant it very genuine, sure, and not to be rude, I think that exactly what you said, you know, people measure success differently. And maybe at the time, my success wasn't what she thought success was. Yeah. And I think those moments, a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that somebody will say something without malicious intent, but it will come across very, you know, well, you're not successful yet. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. And that's been very hard. But since then, you know, she's come back to me with questions of how to start her own company. So it is very interesting, you know, the tables turning and her now realizing that the success that she thought I lacked previously is now the success that she would like to repeat in her life as well. Yeah. So it took a little bit of a knock to the confidence, but then I'm not going to lie, having someone now walk into my office and ask me for help definitely shot the confidence up a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. What would you say to any young person that's trying to maybe feeling the same way that maybe is young and a little, I don't want to say you were lost, but maybe trying to figure out what direction they want to go in life, whether it's university, college, riding, not riding, any sport or hobby, what would you say to uh, maybe some words of encouragement that would help somebody in that situation? I think twofold. First of all, in whatever you're doing in whatever stage of life, you cannot be afraid to fail. Because I find that you learn more, you gain more in your failures than your immediate successes. Yeah. You know, I think that that helps you become more well-rounded. I think that gives you more tools in your toolbox. And that's one thing that I've had to learn that it's okay, brush it off and store those notes and get back. Yeah. And secondly, I would say, trust your intuition. That's one thing that I've also, I think it comes from confidence. Trusting your intuition is so important. You know, whether it's coming up with a, with a new product, a new collection, whether it's deciding on your degree, your life plan, your direction, no matter what anybody says from the outside, parents, friends, significant others, you really at the end of the day have to trust your intuition to help with your plans, with your life moving forward. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your biggest decision that you made based solely on intuition? My biggest decision that I made solely based on intuition was giving the company one full year of 110% effort because my intuition told me that it was going to be worth it. And then again, sort of going back to what I was saying before, uh, if it wasn't worth it, if it did flop, if I did fail, I'd have all these new notes to look back at. I would have the tools in my toolbox that probably if I, you know, later in life would need to use them. Mm -hmm. So either way, it would be an advantage. My intuition said defer school, try a year, and then we'll see what happens. And honestly, at this point, you know, thank God I did. 
Yeah. I'm so pleased with how my life has gone, even though this is nowhere near the life plan that I chose for myself at 16 or 17. I think that every single person that's listening to this, including myself and I'm sure Heather, the life plan, whatever you think in your head, it's going to be different. Just expect it to be different and try and shape it as best you can because it's really a roller coaster sometimes and you just have to enjoy the ride. I mean, it's used to hear that when I was younger and think, really, come on, what's that about? But it's so true, right? Oh, completely. And I think that, you know, the twists and the turns of life and again, speaking as a 21 year old, I know I still have a lot of miles to go, a lot mm. of hills to climb, a lot of twists and turns to be a part of. But I think that's what makes you into the adult you are yeah. and helps to create the rest of your life. And yeah. sometimes, you know, the, the spirals down or the spirals up at the time can seem best thing ever, worst thing ever. But then when you look back on it, it's like, okay, well, this makes sense with where I am today. And without A, I wouldn't have done B. And it all, mm-hmm. it all in its crazy way, in its crazy roller coaster way makes a lot of sense. It almost just forces us to take a breath. Just take a breath. And it's all going to be okay, right? <laughs> exactly. It, very well said. Very well said. So I'm also interested in, I know that you support something called the Lionheart Foundation. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what intrigued you in supporting that? So the Lionheart Foundation is run in, in Alberta, mm-hmm. and it mainly is directed towards young women with anxiety or anxiety-related issues. And it's something that when choosing a cause that I wanted to support, because I think that one part of having a, a business, a platform, is you need to give back. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. And I thought that it represented myself very well because when I was in high school and even through uh, yeah, the end of my teen years, I had very bad anxiety. Really? And it's something that really spoke wonders to me that, you know, luckily I'm in the place where if I need to reach out, I, I can get resources for myself. I, I am at the point where now I can, I can handle things and I've, been able to give myself the support system to make sure that I don't resort back to anything super negative. But there are a lot of people that don't. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of young girls that are afraid to talk about it, that are ashamed, that don't have the support system or feel as if their issues don't really require someone to speak to. And I think being able to give someone that resource is really, you know, priceless. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny when you say two words, something struck with me, you say lack of confidence and anxiety. And when I am speaking to you right now, I think to myself, there's no way there's excuse me for being judgmental, but there's no way that those ever were a part of you. I mean, you're so you're 21. (laughs) It's amazing. Congratulations. I mean, you are wow. You're blowing me away. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Absolutely. And I do appreciate your kind words. They are definitely sitting well in my heart. It's surprising looking back. You know, sometimes when I think about not the old version of myself, because that sounds a little bit negative, but, you know, my my past years where I was afraid to speak to someone I didn't know, where I, you know, presenting in front of the class was the worst thing. Oh, yeah. I would be petrified days, weeks, hours. It was crazy. 
And now I feel that I have the confidence to sit in a group of women that I look up to speak my mind, you know, Mm -hmm. be able to be there, be present, be part of the conversation. And that's something that has been really great in all aspects of my life, not only business, not only school. It's something that is really great that I am very proud of myself for getting through it. Mm-hmm. it. It's tough. And I think every woman, every woman can relate that the teenage years can be really hard mm-hmm. just being a female, let alone with sports, school, family, yeah. friends. There's a lot of things that can create issues that a lot of people hide deep beneath the surface. And I did for a very long time. What made you decide that? Was that a forced change then for you to, you know, have some self-awareness and to recognize, look, I'm, I'm, I have a lack of confidence or I'm feeling some anxiety. And what did that look like? Even starting to develop a different conversation with yourself. Well, exactly. Right. So I definitely, and I know everybody handles stress differently. When I was living in uh, Vancouver to ride, finishing school, sort of at that point, didn't have the business yet. There was a lot of stress. I felt mm-hmm. like I needed, I, you know, my parents were allowing me to be here. I needed to show them that it's worth it, that I'm going to show up to the barn every day on time. I'm going to have the best lessons. I'm going to show a horse show. I'm going to do well. I'm going to go the distance because they are allowing me to be here and have the opportunity. And a lot of people would want. And because of that, I added a lot of stress to myself, almost too much that I would start to have, I would stress myself out so badly, I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I would stress myself out so badly, I would have very horrible back pain to the point where I couldn't, you know, really sit for extended periods of time, stand, riding was becoming excruciating. And that's where I carried my stress. I thought something was wrong. I thought I was hurt. I thought, oh, maybe it's just, you know, I've been riding a lot. Maybe my back's just a little bit sore because of that. When I went to my doctor, because of course, I didn't want to tell my mom. I didn't want to tell my mom that uh, I don't feel good. I, I want to take a week off of riding or I, I can't do this horse show. I, you know, can barely pack my tack trunk without having to take a 10 minute rest. And my doctor told me, she's like, this is where you're carrying your stress. You are stressed out. You know, you're 16 years old and you can't sleep. You can barely walk around because that's where you are storing all of your stress. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that that stress was also anxiety. Yeah. Because of myself and the pressure that I was putting on. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I think it's important to have desire and to put a little bit of pressure on yourself to do well and really strive for greatness. But there also is an unhealthy amount that then starts to chip away at other sides of your life. Yeah. Right. And that's where it had gone to me that, you know, at 16, I was going to my doctor with excruciating pain. And she was like, you have a lot of anxiety and you have a lot of stress. And this is not good at, at all. And it took me a long time to be able to understand that I need to let some things go things are out of my control, just like we talked about with life path. You can't control everything. You got to take a breath. Yeah. And that's one thing that helped me a lot. And I, you know, spoke with therapists. And I think that's one thing that is a little taboo. 
tell someone like, oh, I see a therapist. But I think it's also really important to speak to someone Mm -hmm. that is outside of your bubble. Yep. You know, not your trainer, not your mom, not your best friend. I think it's good to just like speak to someone. And that's something that, you know, years later now being 21, I still do less often now. But I think it's just good to speak to someone because we all get a little stressed out. And as you age, as you go through life, it turns into different things, right? And it's just one thing that I'm so happy I have grown from Mm -hmm. because I could not imagine being this age and having the, you know, company as well as university and the life things of a, of a 21 year old plus being in chronic stress. Yeah. But I think it's, yeah, it's one thing that you need to speak to someone. And that's why the Lionheart Association has been such an important thing for me. Because I want to give somebody that ticket to be like, if you don't feel great, here's someone to speak to yeah. because it will help. Yeah. Don't don't bottle it up, you know? Well, communication is key. And uh, I think it's important at a young age to be offered tools to be able to manage life as you go through it. That's for sure. And it's funny. You know, I think that at one point, um, therapy and mental health was very taboo. And I would say maybe in the last five years, it's become very not taboo. And I would absolutely always advocate if you, not even if you think you have a problem, you don't have to have a problem. If you just want somebody to talk to, then just go and do it because it's not taboo and it is important and they will give you tools in life in order to achieve a better life, right? Completely. I think that is 110%. Yeah. Nail on the head right there. Absolutely. So what is your inspiration now? My inspiration? Well, I have to say the one thing that fuels my days and fuels the collections and fuels the longevity of the company is seeing people be so confident, mm-hmm. you know? And I think now that I've become a very confident young woman, I want to inspire people to be more confident. So in a funny way, it's sort of like a full circle here that, the customers and seeing people confident and feel good makes inspires me to be confident and feel good to inspire them to be confident and feel it's good. a win-win like full I just, circle it's a win-win. i love this cycle it, it's like the most rewarding thing to see somebody leave a review and say this shirt makes me feel so confident when i'm at the barn yeah it like really puts a smile on my face even now you know it's just like the best feeling That's amazing. Well, congratulations on everything that you do in business. It absolutely is amazing. We can't move on to our next section without at least giving a plug. Tell me how people find out more and learn more and maybe even purchase more. Of course. Well, the best way to keep up to date with everything TKEQ is to follow us on Instagram. It is at TKEQTheShop as well as our website where you can view retailers, all of our collections, all the fun stuff, which is www.tkeqtheshop.com. That's so great. Anything we should be looking forward to? Keeping our eyes open on Instagram, social media? Of course. Well, we have started our fall winter launches. Our first one happened on September 2nd, but you can look out for our sweater launches on September 16th. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tune in, everybody. (laughs) Amazing. And if they want to get involved with Lionheart Foundation? I would go directly to their website. There is places to donate, packages to purchase. I mean, anything 
is everything. So please go and give them some love. Super. Thank you. And now we've come to what some would call the very best part of the show, our segment appropriately named What's and Why's. It's where we get to ask our guests some questions that inquiring minds want to know. So without further ado, I bring you the What's and Why's for your listening pleasure. So moving on to What's and Why's, my first question to you is, who do you look up to and why? I look up to my mother. My mother is the strongest woman I know. Oh, God, I don't want to get teary-eyed. <laughs> you know, she is everything that I want to be when I grow up. She is a powerful businesswoman that can stand her own like no other. She is confident when she walks in the room. She knows who she is. And I think that is so wonderful as a woman but she is also the most supportive person I've ever met she has held my hand through to walk me into my first t-shirt printing company to walk me into my warehouses and office building she's been there to hold my hand and to show me the way and I think that that is why she inspires me she is the perfect combination of strength She's the perfect combination of support. And I think that that is, yeah, that's everything that I, that I look up to. I love her so much. I love that answer. <laughs> what do you find brings you joy in life and why? God, there's a lot of things that bring me joy. I think surprisingly, I love to work. Working, mm -hmm. creating really brings me a lot of joy on the personal side of my life. I love indulging in life. I think that that's one part that I've never let myself feel bad about. I love eating the best pasta. Yeah. I love going for long walks. I love reading a good book, drinking a good latte. Those are parts of my life that give me joy. I think that side of indulging is kind of lovely. Mm-hmm. I love going to the gym. I love working out. There's a lot of things that I love. Well, that could be the answer in a nutshell, right? Just the indulgence oh, and and learning to uh, learning to love that too. I think a lot of people feel guilty about it, but it's it's so refreshing that we don't have to feel guilty about it. We can just embrace it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that the part that brings me joy is life itself. I yeah. think exactly that. There are so many things to enjoy and to indulge in, you know, but there's also so many things to explore and appreciate. And even being in Vancouver recently, being able to just go for a walk near the water yeah. and grab, you know, a coffee and just be able to really, that is indulging. That is getting to experience our beautiful world, taking a minute. And it brings me a lot of joy just to, God, enjoy and indulge is really, those are the two big ones for me. When you look back through your life, what decision brings you the most happiness and why? You guys really have these hard-hitting questions. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to cry or if I'm going to laugh. Good Lord. Either is fine. <laughs> I think that the initial decision of getting involved in horses, and that was before being involved in the A-Circuit, 
that was before having fancy horses that was before any of that mm-hmm. that was purely for the love of horses you know and that was still at the point and i think i'm forever grateful for the riding world first of all but second of all i'm very glad that i went from pony club walk trot lessons first horse to the a circuit mm-hmm. But yeah, that initial love and appreciation of horses, it was very pure. And I think sometimes we sort of forget about that with the fancy, expensive show circuit that is so widely broadcasted. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something so wholesome about your first horse, your pink brushes, your unsaddled pad, you're just there for a good time. And because you love horses yeah that's it you know yeah what's something that you feel people get wrong about you and why I have to say probably and I and I know this is something you've brought up during this conversation is that I appear very self-assured and very confident Mm -hmm. although sometimes I am very very doubtful of myself and not confident. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm very good at projecting the best version of myself, but there are times where I, you know, wallow a little bit. And I mean, even before getting on this, this conversation, you know, I had a little moment of, oh, I'm nervous. You know, I, I hope it goes well. I, I, I hope they, you know, they like me. I hope that I can have a good conversation with them. But I have those little, you know, weary moments of being a little bit of like, you know, lacking confidence. But that's the one thing that I think people get wrong about me is I'm not always as confident or self-assured as I might first appear to be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that answer. Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. My final question is, who would you like to hear on What's Your Why as a guest and why? This is sort of a little bit, we're a little off the record here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person I'd love to learn more and I mean, I don't know if she is perceived as just Bruce Springsteen's daughter, but Jessica Springsteen, yeah. you know, I think so impressive. She just went to the Olympics. Silver medalist. First of all, silver medalist right. rode like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Also looked beautiful the whole time. Every close-up shot, I was like, right? is she even sweating? Right. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like a lot of people just view her as, oh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah, I just there's and there's a couple people like that that I wonder how their parents' success outside of the horse world can it sometimes cloud what people in the horse world think of them. And there are a lot of uh, riders that their parents have huge successes yeah. outside of the horse world, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if I should say, you know, Jessica Springsteen, like uh, Jennifer Gage. Jennifer she's another Gage. one. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like what sort of what's your why in the sense of how did you, yeah, change someone's preconceived notion of you that, oh, you're just so and so's daughter? Yeah, exactly. Well, I have to say, I appreciate your time and energy. And before, when you said you were a little bit nervous about coming on the show and are <laughs> they going to like you, the answer is yes. We've loved chatting with you. I've loved getting to know you a little bit better. And I wish you every success in the world. I mean, you are well deserving of it. Thank you so much. I mean, it's been such a pleasure. Again, I am sorry that I went on a couple tangents, but it's just like such a lovely conversation. And yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to sure. speak. 
Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both. I love you both. You're so sweet. Do you like how you're hearing today's episode? I don't mean how you're listening to it, but how you're hearing it. Whether you're driving in your car or listening on some pods, there's one thing that I'm certain of, that this podcast has been produced with the most enjoyable hearing experience possible. For those of you that know me, you know that these skills are most certainly not in my repertoire. So for that, What's Your Why has Twisted Spur Media Solutions to thank. Twisted Spur is an all-encompassing solution-based media company that's everything magic. Offering digital solutions in podcast and audiobook editing and production, online course and membership design and development, in addition to content creation, online paid advertising management, and project planning, it's a one-stop shop of mad skills that Heather and her team bring to every project they work on. I can and will speak from personal experience when I say that Heather is a true advocate for quality, and you won't find a better solution for your digital project than Team Twisted Spur. If you like what you hear or even just want to nose around, check them out at twistedspurmedia.com, where the process is easy and the solution is even better. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why, our listeners, guests, and our sponsors too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning, but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, and remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media Production.